Hello and welcome to another episode of The Philosophy Guy. So today we are going to discuss, as you might be able to tell from the title, the spiritual brain. Uh, and, and I'll kind of explain my motivations for doing this type of episode and get into that. So like basically the common practice today when discussing religion, meditation, Eastern philosophy, or various, you know, kind of self-reflective practices that, that our society is becoming more accustomed to, which which I applaud. That's kind of like the motivation of this sh- this show essentially is not only philosophy, which is kind of the baseline, I believe, for uh, achieving this goal of not only helping people think about what they want in the world, what how the world should be operating, or just how to think about the world in general, and then also just kind of understanding themselves. That's kind of the motivation. So yeah, that's why this this idea, I think, is, is important to talk about and how our society is becoming more accepting of this idea of kind of more individual spirituality. So it was kind of a, a search for understanding this idea more and being able to explain it to you, the listener. So, and uh, the world, the word, sorry, spiritual and religious, being religious have become popular terms today. You know, you haven't heard, you know, you haven't, you often hear the phrase, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. So I thought to myself, you know, I agree with that idea because you know, I've said it before myself with this sentiment behind it, right? Very much. But what does it actually mean? Like, what does it mean when I say that? What do I personally mean if I wanted to explain to someone perfectly and they were going to try to understand me? What does that mean? And also, why does our brain, even when we desire not to be religious, desire this spirituality? So that's what we're going to be getting into today. But first, as always, if you guys could go and everyone check out girls and guys, not sorry, not just guys, um, check out the Patreon page. Uh, and that's where you can see the bonus episode feed so you can get more content and then also help keep the show going, keep me motivated to put out more content and whatnot. I do operate through financial incentives. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, as I'll end, you can also... If that doesn't work for you, you can also help support the show by just simply leaving a review on iTunes, uh, also just sharing with your friends, honestly. Word of mouth is a great way to support the show. Uh, and what else? There's a YouTube channel that I'm starting here. I got to get another video. I'm hoping to get a video out this week, uh, more like edited version of some of my content I do on the podcast, so you can check those out and support that. That's super helpful. Of course, the Discord to keep the chat going. We continue to get some more members, and I always appreciate that and appreciate people's comments and thoughts and ideas and all that. And, and also just kind of seeing what my audience is about and what they, what you all believe in. So you can check out that. And then also the email. My email list is a good way to keep up with the show and, and through Medium and all that good stuff. So all those links are below if you want to help and, and check out other content and other stuff like that. But let's get into it. So. Usually, so these discussions of this spirituality, they lead to a conversation about how someone experiences the presence of God or experiencing this inner peace that transcends the physical experience, right? That's being spiritual, or at least some describe it because I don't want to, I'm not trying to pinpoint down this one particular idea around being spiritual because I don't, I know it's very much subjective to kind of an individual's human experience with it. So trying to understand it in that lens. So understanding spiritual is kind of this hip new thing. Like I said today, people do it through yoga, meditation, psychedelics, ayahuasca ceremonies, just various ways of finding your kind of inner spirituality. So let's try to understand this idea more. 
So could these experiences have purpose? That was kind of my question. Like, why do we have them? You know, could they, could they have a purpose or like, is it something innate in us and why we desire this and why are our brains capable of this concept of spirituality? Because it's one thing to understand why we do it. And that's another thing is why is our brains capable of doing it in, you know, and why we don't really see it in other animals, part of the human kingdom, right? So I was also motivated to do this episode because I think spirituality is real. You know, but but I wanted to understand more of why our biology formulates this need. You know, think about what I said earlier. I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. I'm sure based on the gauge of my audience, I have a feeling that you all have said that, not all of you, but some of you have said that before. You know, I've said that before, you know, to your, maybe you said it to your mom, your grandparents, you know, your, your partner's parents, maybe you've probably said it to, to someone. They ask you, you know, why don't you go to church anymore? And then you say, well, I don't really believe in the principles. And for me, you know, not everyone, but for me, I think it's kind of a waste of time. I didn't, I didn't get the benefit out of it. You know, I say something along those lines. Maybe I don't say it's a waste of time because that might be offensive to them. But I basically allude to the fact that I just didn't get benefit out of doing that. Why would I go an hour to an hour and a half? And if you're Mormon, like two hours or however long it is, to go to church, if I'm not getting any benefit out of it, it's not fun for me. I don't feel part of the community anymore, any like increased amount or anything like that. And I'm going off of when I actually went as, you know, a older teenager. I know perspectives change and whatnot, but still, you didn't, you didn't really, I didn't have that feeling. I didn't have that connection. I didn't feel what, you're, what they told me I was supposed to feel. And I found a problem with that, right? But then after I say that, I put in a clarifier often or, or I'll go on a little tangent from them. Or I'll get a little tangent from them if I don't put this clarifier in. You know, they'll say, what, what are you going to believe in? And if you're not going to church, like, why are you going to church? Or you just, what, do you, what are you believing in? Do you, do you believe in God? Or Uncle Timmy, you know, he, he stopped believing in, in God, in God and, and we don't hear from him anymore. You know, I'll explain. There's, then I'll, you know, I'll have to go explain. There's, there's other ways of connecting with that, that feeling you're describing of spirituality or or that feeling that you have the faith in God, that faith, that community, that aspect, and that individual connection, that individual connection with God, that feeling. There's other ways of expressing that. And understanding this has, has helped me at least try, understanding when people of religious faith become passionate and defensive in their views, they might have that feeling that I have, but they think it's coming from this higher being, which I don't think that's coming from. And I'm sure that feeling can be compelling because I personally have that feeling and they're connecting it with this higher being. Being They're having this next step of the connection, not saying it's like a right connection or the best connection, but the point is that they have connected this feeling with something more absolute and powerful where I have not connected it to something external like that, if that makes sense, or it's not external to me that I have to now follow it. It's, it's my own thing. But like I said, that idea, that connection with that God can be compelling. But you don't need a belief in God for that feeling or to understand that feeling. And that's my point. Uh, and, I, and I don't see the need for this uniform practice of expressing spirituality. You don't need to be in this like uniform package of, of set religious expressions and being of what it is to be spiritual. Because that's when you connect spirituality with religion directly – then you're basically putting yourself in this box of ways of expressing your spirituality oftentimes, or more apt. I don't want to say all the time because I know there is there is this new wave of Christianity, for example, and it's kind of among the non-denomination, 
and they have various ways they allow themselves to be more flexible with the Bible. And, and I don't really have a problem with that. Uh, and I think that's that's good. And that if that makes them happy, go for it, right? <laughs> because religion becomes with, and and the reason I still want to critique religion here a little bit is because religion becomes comes with a lot of baggage and dogmas, and it's unnecessary, I think. And many religions are built on fear and control through methods of guilt, oppression, and judgment. Now, again, like I said, offshoots can occur within religions that are, they don't have those dogmas within. Like I said, a lot of non-denomination Christian faiths, there's like this younger movement of those, they don't have nearly the amount of dogmas that they bring along with it. They kind of take what they want, pick and choose what they want. And that's fine. So that prevents, so like, but following those dogmas and following that more rigidness of a religion, I think that prevents you from fully expressing your version of being spiritual. But anyway, let's get into the concepts and let's move away from my my opinion about these matters a little bit more. I kind of just like, hopefully, hoping to kind of set the stage to how to think about this story-wise going in. At least this is how I thought about it going in, not saying you have to think about it that way. I just found this helpful of trying to understand this split by understanding how I separated it with those concepts, if that makes sense. So, spirituality and religiousness. Now, when the discussion of spirituality arises, the topic of religion soon follows, as I've kind of already alluded to and discussed earlier in the episode here. So for the purpose of this discussion, we need to put forward this separation of the two concepts, spirituality and religiousness. So we can define the concept of spirituality as this, I don't know why I said spirituality in that way. But anyway, spirituality, not spirituality, as the subjective experience of an individual. So in the process of speaking spirituality, we experience various feelings, you know, thoughts, emotions, experiences, perspectives, and behaviors that lead us towards kind of an understanding of the world, ourselves, and and our place in it, a sense of meaning, I guess you could say. So maybe here today, think of spirituality as kind of this individual's journey into understanding themselves. So I define spirituality here as this sort of process. This process involves, you know, searching into yourself to identify, articulate, or maybe transform those thoughts, feelings, and perspectives and emotions you identify with. So this idea of searching can be unique for various individuals. I I really think that's important. Like, sure, there's probably, in general, good ways to find your spirituality and, like, that works for a lot of people. But I'm not going to say, no, you, you, you fucking have to do it this way. This is the only way to do it. And that, that, to me, that's when you get into that whole religious side of things. It's, you're getting into this dogmatic way of you have to do it this way. It's, it's this way and no other way. You have to follow our beliefs. No, that's not what it's about, right? So this, search, this, this searching allows you to fit your own individual needs and circumstances. So I, I said, like, you know, ask yourself, how have you engaged with your search for spirituality? Kind of understanding how, what you've done already so then let's consider religiousness and the separation of spirituality with this, this concept. So with, with the concept of religiousness, you get into this discussion, a discussion of what is sacred. You know, that's kind of what often arises. Typically, the idea behind sacred is you're making this claim or a claim for what is the ultimate truth or the ultimate reality. It's getting back to that kind of higher being thing. Because like when you connect your spirituality to that, you connect it to God, it'd be you're connecting your spirituality to this ultimate being, this ultimate truth that cannot be breakable, that is true, 
this is this is it, man. So now religiousness can become can come with many various thoughts, interpretations, and perspectives in relation to what it is to be religious. But here I'll consider it kind of that search for those sacred goals. Because that's kind of a a I don't I don't want to say unanimous, but it's a lot of religions hold that reality in common. So the religiousness connection to spirituality is we often find in our pursuit of those sacred ideas, because I do think people that, that are searching for spirituality are also searching for this, this idea of what is sacred and what those sacred ideas are. But often it comes with an understanding of our non-sacred ideals, such as meaning, purpose, identity, and a sense of belonging. So after, after we've concluded our pursuit for religiousness, we often find ourselves within this kind of identifiable group. And and I'm not saying we all get the luxury of that of that pursuit. I don't mean to make it seem that way because a lot of us, it, it happens to be the case that where you're born into, that's religion you join. And some of us get kind of pushed or controllably guided, I guess you could say, in our pursuit um, where it's not like this idea of pursuit where you kind of had this freedom to, you know, the level playing field and I kind of just got to go out and do what I wanted and, and find myself, right? Not that form of religiousness. So it, we often still come to to follow a group that validates our sacred ultimate truths. Uh, and this this should tell you that you you can be spiritual. And, and part of this is I do think people can backtrack a little bit. People can pursue religiousness later on once that, you know they realize, okay, I've accepted that I was born into this. Now let me try to, the best of my ability, the best of my mind is capable of decreasing bias. Let me analyze if this is the religious pursuits I actually want to pursue. Maybe you could do it that way. I don't know. But anyway, so anyway, but it's it's still about understanding the separation of the two. How does your spirituality connect with the religiousness of that group? So we connect religiousness and spirituality in our thinking about the world oftentimes. And I'm using a very broad term for religious here, if you didn't catch that drift. It's very broad in the sense that it's not, it doesn't have to be your typical strict you know, Christianity or Islam or something like that. It can be these kind of even non-religions or, or that have these kind of religious ideals that don't believe in a god. It can be societal-based or they have a certain set of views. It can be political if you want. There's there's just various religious groups. I would even say, like, you can join multiple, right? But anyway, so now let's get into the reasons that we have the spiritual brain. So the phenomena of being religious and being spiritual are highly complex. It involves the connection of emotions, thoughts, ideas, experiences, and perceptions, all organized in some manner within our minds. Thus, we should be able to safely conclude that these thoughts require a highly complex brain to allow for the creation and following of these kind of intricate narratives we create. So evolution has helped us understand the emergence of spirituality throughout evolution. As our, our communication became more complex, we begin to see evidence of human spirituality. So as we know, evolution tells us that survival drives us. So what so what survival value does spirituality have? That was kind of my question. Did did religion provide our ancestors with an edge? The short answer, I would say, is yes. But then you also have this idea of social order. Religiousness helped create the intricate narratives that a group of humans builds around, thus creating this kind of societal cohesion. 
But what is the connection between religion and social cohesion? Where does that connection come about? So the discovery of the temple at uh, Globlaki Tepe provides kind of insight into the possibility that religious beliefs come before kind of these intricate social structures. And that, and I found that interesting as well. Um, so another point to understand is that no major civilization has come without religion. So I do think there's kind of this connection there. So Egypt, Greece, and the Hindus all had at least one thing in common, the existence of spiritual beliefs. And I don't even know if you have to, maybe spiritual and religious beliefs. But anyway, the, with the connection of religious beliefs, those sacred beliefs brought about morals and systems of law for society to follow. So take take Christian societies. Their religiousness brought about the usage of the Ten Commandments in the Bible as rules for society to live by. That's where the religiousness comes in. And these rules and laws included a base for authority, like a place to go to for authority. So these these moral codes, authority, and the system of law using the religiousness narratives created a sense of this social cohesion and this group aspect. The spirituality of, of members in society allowed them to make those religious positions uniquely their own. So that's kind of the separation there, where religiousness kind of stems and is, holds society together in a way, and like in history at least. But then the spirituality aspect is very much towards what the individual feels. And there is a connection there still. And that's why there is a lot of people that, that's why I like put the clarifier in before, that you can be religious and also be spiritual. And you can also be spiritual without being like super religious. But there is still a religiousness aspect in the sense that people find other ways to, and I'll probably do another episode on this. I didn't want to get too into this because I thought it would go too long. But the religiousness aspect, like I said before, it doesn't have to be like a typical form of religion. But I still want to understand that separation and how to explain that to people. So like I said, the spirituality is kind of, members of society allowed them to make those religious positions uniquely their own. It allowed them to continually recalibrate and match their ideals with those of their society's religiousness. And within a society, there's often various perspectives of what it is to be religious. So it's not like a society like the United States has one form of being religious, right? There's multiple that people are allowed to pick through. But the point is that the spirituality is individual. And then once you have that spirituality, you go and seek out what fits with the religiousness. So the religiousness combined with the spirituality of the individual helped keep society evolving and keep society in kind of a state of control and comfort, peace and order, that type of thing. So now let's keep that thought of control and comfort, right? So humans, they want to avoid a state of danger, chaos, violence, and conflict, right? We, we don't like that. It doesn't feel good to be in that state. Constantly in a state of disturbance is a stressful life to live, one with a lot of suffering and little happiness. So you see, in the state of nature, death is always lurking around the corner for humans. The state of nature left our ancestors in a constant state of danger, chaos, violence, and conflict. They needed something to bring them to a a life with less chaos and more peace to help their chances of survival. So the answer was our fellow humans, right? Working together, communicating, that type of thing. For one, religiousness and spirituality provided this kind of coping mechanism for death. As humans, we 
we can see our coming death, right? I've, I've talked about this in other episodes, as you might know, but uh, this can leave us in those kind of unpeaceful states of worry, inner conflict. And you feel vulnerable when you don't have that, that feeling of your, your inner self is not at peace. You feel that vulnerability. So we needed something to bring us back towards the state of peace. And religiousness and spirituality came in with some comforting answers to life's problems. So then we need, we, we had this kind of the need for the brain power of our fellow humans. And religion became a building block for the social communication necessary to work together. So for agricultural-based societies, you, you had religious beliefs based around the seasons to bring you know, fortune upon the coming harvest. Hunter-gatherer tribes would draw images of a successful hunt on the walls to bring their hopes and dreams into reality. That's what they thought. That was a religious aspect. And then you had the concepts of morality that tell society what, what, what one ought to do, right? So you have all this kind of social cohesion there that is brought about by, I think, by both the connection of spirituality and religiousness. So the takeaway here is, I would say, our ancestors' use of religiousness and spirituality projected upon everything a sense of meaning. And this created a, a choiceless cohesion for humans to act in harmony by following their sacred truths by using what their religiousness and spirituality brought them to. So all of this like created this sense of social order. Now, sometimes that social order was only perceived and you know it, it wasn't really based in reality. As praying to the gods for a good rainfall did not mean the universe was going to comply. But the purpose of maintaining this sense of peace and order was to allow individuals to share their narratives that brought their reality into a more constant state of peace. So a worried mind is one less adapt, adept for survival. A, a controlled mind is one at the ready to keep moving onward and, and ultimately better equipped for survival. And that's exactly what our minds continue to work towards today in the spiritual brain. And that is what, you know, why we have the spiritual brain, I think. And now, now I want to bring this back to this kind of understanding back to my original point. Like when your parents bring that up to you, you know, when you say, I'm, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. It's like, I almost feel, and, th- and this is something I'm still debating with myself on, um, understanding that, that religion, it, it can be a broad term and religiousness can be a broad term because spirituality is one thing with the individual, but there is a connection aspect that religion provides. And the, often the assumption is that religion is, is only understood in the traditional sense. In the traditional sense that, you know, you have to believe in God, you have to follow, you know, either Christianity, Islam, or I don't know, what's another, another, insert whatever big religion you want. You know, Eastern philosophy is being becoming very individual or uh, influential where you, you pick and choose the concepts like Buddhism, right? You choose these Eastern philosophies, these Eastern faiths like Buddhism, and people are more apt to pick and choose, so they they fit their religious needs, and that's the thing. I want I want to start. Maybe I should stop saying that I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. It's like no, I express my religiousness and my spirituality in a different way that does not require the strict nature of a Christian faith, and that's the point. So in a sense, yes, I guess I am. So I guess I've basically changed my mind in this episode when I said in the beginning. Uh, and, and I no longer want to use that quote of I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. It's like, no, 
I'm religious in a different way than you, and I'm also spiritual in a different way than you. Everyone's different in their own spiritual way. Although people share religions, I just do not ascribe to your former religiousness, and that's okay. Like, we don't need to. It becomes not okay when you start forcing your religiousness upon me and say, this is the only way you have to do this, otherwise you're going to be punished by our society. That's when it becomes an issue. But no, it is very subjective. Both cases are very subjective, and I think that's important. Hopefully it's an important understanding. That's the way I understand it. I'm not saying you need to understand it either because I would be being a hypocrite to what I <laughs> expressed throughout this show. But uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, I hope you tune in next time. Peace.